and welcome to the Re-Re-Read podcast, where we consider what contemporary writers like you and me can learn from classic literature. Today's topic is The Secret Agent, Characterization, and the Omniscient Point of View. As I've been rereading this brilliant, brilliant book, I didn't expect to be thinking so much about characterization. I thought I'd be talking more about setting and atmosphere. My recollection of the book, which I read over 30 years ago, God help me, involves lots of shuddering and teeth clenching. Of course, as I discussed in the last episode, characterization and setting are almost the same thing in The Secret Agent. My other recollection, oddly, is laughing a lot. Was I crazy back then or deeply insensitive, or is The Secret Agent actually funny? For some reason, I find myself resisting the latter conclusion. In a 1920 preface to the book, Conrad makes it perfectly clear that he loathes the anarchist characters and the real-life movement they represent. They epitomize laziness and vanity and express their own pointlessness in acts of pure evil, like the attempted bombing of the Greenwich Observatory. And yet I've been laughing again as I reread. Clearly, if you do it right, you can use humor to excoriate. There's no contradiction or shame in laughing at evil. By laughing, we shrivel these evil men, even as we can't look away from their crimes. Now, in creative writing workshops, we often learn that an author shouldn't loathe his or her or their characters. One has to find some thread of sympathy, even for the worst among them, or they'll be cardboard villains. But Conrad is working on a larger canvas than we might be used to. Through satire, he's trying to get at the very nature of good and evil. And as you may have gathered from several of my other selections for this podcast, I'm here to make a case for returning to this level of literary ambition and that return involves a different idea of what constitutes character. Fictional characters do not need to be like real people. However, it's true that they must be interesting. Conrad shows us that sympathy is not necessary to create interest when you have a gimlet eye and an omniscient point of view. Here's our first look at Mr. Vladimir, a Hancho and Verloc's secret gang who's undercover as a diplomat. Mr. Vladimir, first secretary, had a drawing-room reputation as an agreeable and entertaining man. He was something of a favorite in society. His wit consisted in discovering droll connections between incongruous ideas, and when talking in that strain, he sat well forward of his seat, with his left hand raised, as if exhibiting his funny demonstrations between the thumb and forefinger, while his round and clean-shaven face wore an expression of merry perplexity. Whenever I find myself stuck in a rut of character description, he had brown hair, she had blonde hair, he had green eyes and a great big smile, I'll try to remember this passage, specifically Mr. Vladimir's thumb and forefinger. What's important here is the connection of Vladimir's self-image, which has been reinforced by the clowns who surround him in society, to his physical gestures. The omniscient point of view allows Conrad to leave the scene entirely and go out to some other time and place, that is, to a drawing room somewhere, to sketch that connection for us. In the story's present moment, the only other character in the room is Verloc, who would not know these things about Vladimir, nor would he be clever enough to express them. The close third point of view, common in contemporary fiction, hampers one's ability to describe characters in this way. Perhaps that's why we're told to make all our characters at least a little sympathetic. Sympathy creates a sense of complexity, which makes up for the limited information afforded by the close third or first-person point of view. But if your narrator has access to other information, like how a character behaves when the point-of-view character isn't around, and how the character has carefully built a reputation among certain people over time, and how his thumb and forefinger function at those moments when he's conscious of that reputation and trying to enhance it further, then you have an interesting character. 
No, you don't sympathize with Vladimir at all. Conrad doesn't want us to. He wants us to hate him, but we can only do that when we see his self-delusion compressed into a precise, unique physical gesture. I think this precision has something to do with why I often find myself laughing throughout this terrifying book. When a phrase or an image is so surprising and so exact, it's funny.